the word this morning. Thank you, Anna-Marie. Thank you, team. Uh, From those who greeted the door to our amazing worship team, to our AV people, um, we, we, uh, we can't do this without you, literally, so thank you so much. Good morning. It's good to have you in church today. Uh, good to have Tracy in church. God bless you. And uh, some of our old Liz's in church as well, which is fantastic. Good to see you, Liz. And, uh, let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you love us, that you have a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. And Lord, we just want to bring to you right now the needs, the frustrations, the challenges that we're all facing. And uh, Lord, there are those of us who are aged, and Lord, we're having um, more and more issues as we pack up and put down that tent over and over again. Pray you touch Esteline, Lord. And Lord, we think of um, our sister Sue Fairbrother, Lord, that you would touch her body. She's in need of a miracle. And Lord, we thank you that you have a name above every name, above every condition, above every problem, Lord. At the name of Jesus, Lord, we release your blessing, Lord, your healing, your power, your provision, Lord, upon this flock in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you thanks uh, that uh, Kerry's got in again as a counselor, Lord, to be salt and light, Lord, and a place of influence. We thank you for all of that. We pray for our prodigals, Lord, for those that have strayed and made bad choices, that you'd bring them home where, Lord, we can have a party, we can kill the fatted cow, Lord, we can have pork, <laughs> and Lord, we can uh, put on that that wonderful raiment, the ring restoration, Lord, through and through. So, Lord, we just want to lean into your space, Lord. We want to just give you the next 20 minutes, Lord, that we would hear your voice speak to us, that you would change us in this time, Lord, for eternity's sake, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. So, we started a, a series on walking in wisdom and uh, last week, and I, I had some very good feedback, which is good. So, look, this is an intensely practical series because I think sometimes you can be studying deep theology and have all this knowledge. But you know there's a big difference between having knowledge and the application of knowledge? Do you know if you smoke, you're likely to get cancer? You know that, don't you? Does it stop people smoking? Well, sometimes it does because wisdom is getting the knowledge and applying it and stopping smoking. You know, you, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that um, you know, it's wrong to do certain things like speeding and going through red traffic lights? We know these things. But the application of knowledge is what the Bible calls wisdom. So our next slide, thank you. So biblical wisdom is choosing what you know to be right, doing the right thing. Uh, biblical stupidity is when Mike knows the right thing to do and he doesn't do it. A number of years ago, I'm playing with pipes in our home. We've uh, installed a large rainwater system. I'm wanting to pump the water to the house. And all I need to do is get the pump to work, push that water up to the house, turn on the taps in the house, and water comes out. One of the miracles of the modern world. And of course, in our house, that's also toilets, it's everything, you know, it's pretty important stuff. And so I start work in the morning and connect up all my pipes and I'm getting a bit fluey, so I'm not getting a bit grumpy. I get man flu really bad. Any any men with me? Any women have suffered with a man with man flu? (laughs) So I'm getting fluey and uh, I've got to 
prepare for Sunday and I'm running out of time to get into the Word and to prepare and come about 6 p.m. that night and the mosquitoes are coming out, I am not happy at all. I am seriously getting grumpy and it should be working. How hard is it to get water from one side to another side? And then I had this idea. Why not pray? Go figure. All day I've been trying to do it by myself, trying to fix it myself. And then at the end of it, a guy who's got three earned degrees, a guy who knows a little bit about the Bible, a guy who actually prays for people every day of his life, I get to the point, why don't I pray about the situation? Now, you would never do that, would you? You're not that dumb. Yeah, yeah. You, you are smarter than that, aren't you? So biblical wisdom is doing the right thing and applying it, isn't it? It's knowing the right thing to do. That's the easy bit. Thank you for coming today because you get to know a little bit about the right thing. And without right thinking, you can't make wrong, right choices, can you? If you've got wrong thinking, you will make wrong choices. So next slide. Thank you. So Albert Einstein, who was a very smart man, said this. The only two things that are infinite is the universe and human stupidity. Don't turn and look at your neighbor, please. <laughs> and uh, Einstein then went on to say that, and I'm not so sure about the former. <laughs> and all the dumb people said, not me. Okay, next slide. Okay. So the beginning of wisdom, the Bible makes very clear, is the fear of God. So you can't get to the middle of wisdom, can you, without doing the beginning? You can't get the final point of wisdom unless you do the beginning. You actually have to begin at the beginning. So here is a major preset in terms of human success Human spirituality is the ability that at the start of anything, you ask the question about what does God think about this? True? And that then becomes a grid by which you make certain decisions. So Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel to understand a proverb or an enigma, a problem. Anybody have got a problem in the room? Any problems here? There's just one problem, two problems, three problems. Well, wise counsel is a good thing, isn't it? Wise counsel. The words of the wise and the real. So the fear of the Lord, say the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So what's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Thank you. Next slide. Thank you. So where fear overrides my judgments or prevents me from doing things that are silly or wrong or stupid i have two fears that can be in operation one is the fear of consequences you know if you went back a hundred years 
having sex outside of marriage was very dangerous because of the consequences. A hundred years ago, if you, got, uh, if you had sex outside of marriage, it was very unlikely that there was contraception. There was a high risk of sexually transmitted disease. There was a high risk of getting pregnant. There was a high risk of social stigma and shame and dishonor. These were big prices to be paid. So if you went back 100 years in the Western world, the chances of you having uh, illicit sex outside of marriage was a lot less because of the potential consequences. Um, I think I've done about 220 kilometers an hour on the back of a bike once, and it was just scary. It was just... I don't think the tyres were on the road. I think actually we were flying and the driver did not have a pilot's licence. There's like this weaving over the road and stuff. Uh, but I, I'm not frightened of speed in many ways. But the only reason I don't speed today is because I love Jesus. Well, well can I be honest with you? The reason I don't speed today is because of the fear of policemen and their little blue flashing lights and their their little pen that takes $350 off you. (laughs) The fear of consequences. So can I say to you, before you make a decision, can you just think about your consequences? Because you're free to make your choice, but you're not free to change the consequences of the choice. Amen? You are free to choose, but you're not free to change the consequences of those choices. But if I could say level one of making really clever, smart decisions. Anybody here wants to make clever, smart decisions the rest of their life? Level one is consider the consequences. Level two is actually better than level one, which is a healthy love and respect for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can actually go to level two, And be in that position where you're saying, God, does this please you or displease you? You will make amazingly good decisions the rest of your life. So there's a healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Have a healthy fear of consequences and have a healthy fear of our merciful Jesus Christ. Next slide. Thank you. So we touched on last week that really our world isn't as random as what we think it is. Our world that we have today comes about because of a number of factors. One of those factors is the fact that the fall of man took place all those years ago. And so by nature, the world is corrupt, it's broken, and it's, it's subject to things not working. There are viruses, there's diseases, there's storms, there's tornadoes, there's all that stuff. That's a part of what we inherited when man took over running the show. Yeah? We busted it, we're the problem. So that's part of what happens in Mike's life, you know? When I suddenly slip with the drill and I push it through my finger and it starts to bleed, that's because I live in a fallen universe, okay? So that's a part of it. Another part of what happens to our lives is what's known as cause and effect. That there is a domino effect with the decisions that our grandparents made. Who of you here today were not born in Australia? That's a few of you. Who of you 
had your parents live overseas? Who of you had your grandparents live overseas? So somewhere in those generations, someone made a decision to come and live in Australia, yeah? And you're here because of cause and effect. Many years ago, I was counselling a man who was very sad in that uh, his daughter had been raped. I think I told you this last week. And uh, he's very upset by that. But the truth is, 20 years before that, he had left the marital home because of alcoholism and not being able to get along well with his wife. His wife then found another partner. That partner then moved into the home and that partner then raped the daughter. There was a cause and effect. And this is what sin does, guys. If you don't understand it, sin flows downhill. So if I make mistakes, that will flow to my children and it'll flow, flow to their children and it'll flow to their children. But the only thing that we have, and this is a wonder, this is a grace thing, if I get saved, then God can turn my life around. Instead of going with the flow, instead of going with the effluent of this world, instead of going with the corruption and the selfishness and all that, instead of going with that, I can turn around and I can swim upstream. If someone hasn't told you yet, the truth is following Jesus means flowing upstream means going against the current, going against the culture, going against what's easy, going against which is convenient. But as you do, you go upstream and you give your children and your children's children a better start in life. That'll help you if you get it. So cause and effect, you know. I was got really good when I was riding my bicycle of taking my hands off the handlebars. Look at me, mum. Didn't end so well. <laughs> cause and effect stupidity so but the other big factor and we don't give this enough credit one of the other big issues of why we get the stuff that we get in life is because of stupid is stupid does bad choices bad choices if i make bad choices then it can have cause and effect it's a part it's a determinant of what happens in my life and here's the wisdom of the bible if you do the right thing, you will get the right things. If you do the wrong thing, you're going to do the, going to get the wrong harvest. Galatians six puts it this way: Don't fool around. Don't think you can con God. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Whatever you plant in the ground is going to grow. Don't know when. Don't know how long it takes, but it will grow, and you will harvest what you've planted. So, who wants love in their life? What do you do to get love in your life? You plant. Who wants loyalty in your life? What do you got to do? Plant. Who wants uh, generosity in their life? What do you got to do? Plant. You get what you plant. And God will multiply it through the law of harvest. Next slide. Thank you. Okay. Now, here we have a fascinating thing. Atheism is a pretty common sort of thing. I love atheists. I think they're very tasty for breakfast. And uh, I, I, I find them really yummy. I, there's not too many real atheists. Most of them are agnostics, but they, they think they've got a uh, they think they've got a stick on God, etc. But um, if if you actually bore down the atheistic worldview, they are then left with this position of actually there is no ghost in the machine. You are simply a machine, 
and you're determined. Stephen Hawkins, you know, great mind, suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease, at the end of the day says we are determined. You are instinctive, you're not distinctive. You, are, you have no free will. Now, would you like to raise your hand if you have a free will? If you're not going to raise your hand because you've got a free will? <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. But this is what the atheists say. The atheists say you've got no choice. You have no choice over your life. Well, I thank God that, we, that the narrative that we get, the deep truth from the Bible is that we are shapen in the image of God. And part of that means we get to choose. We get to say whether we'll eat that fruit or we don't eat that fruit. So here's Sam Harris, one of the four, um, four apocalypse atheists. He's dead, of course, now. He knows the truth now. Free will is an illusion. Our wills are simply not our own making. Thoughts and intentions emerge from the background causes of which we are unaware and over which we exert no conscious control. That's what the atheists think. I love it that God says you can choose between life and death. Hallelujah. You can choose. You have the ability to choose between life and death because you're created not as an animal, not as a instinctive beast that will just follow its appetite, but because God has gifted you with the ghost in the machine. I'm going to throw to a video just so you know I'm not making up. We're going to hear a little bit of Sam Harris and a little bit of another person who's famous on these sorts of areas just to reinforce this issue that they don't believe that free will is absolutely, doesn't exist. It seems to me nearly everybody believes in free will. It seems to be the natural state of, of the human mind. It's also natural and in many different cultures, not just ours with our, our language. We feel ourselves to be a ghost in the machine, somebody inside the body who is making it work, not just that we are the body or the product of a, of a machine. And given that feeling, it's natural that people believe in free will. I think believing in free will is being deluded. Speak tonight about the illusion of free will. Now, now most people think we have a, a subjective, a, st a strong subjective experience of free will. And the problem is just that we can't map it on to physical reality. This, I think, is an illusion. I think, I, I think we actually do not feel as free as we think we do. This, this relies on us not paying very close attention to what it's like to be us. If you pay attention, you can see that you, you no more author the next thing you think than the next thing I say. So a short piece, so I could have shown you some more, but just unloaded support that at the bottom, atheism says that you don't have a choice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Christianity says you do have a choice, that you are in the shape of God. You can choose to actually do the right things. You can choose to do the wrong things. I said last week, between the chaos and the order sits your choice. Between poverty and richness sits your choice. 
Between the storm and peace sits your choice. Between love and hate sits your choice. Between forgiveness and unforgiveness sits your choice. Hallelujah. You can make a difference as you sow it through. Darren Brown, has, uh, who's a master manipulator, hypnotist, etc., one of his programs, he takes a lady into a toy shop. There are 250,000 different toys in the store. How many? quarter of a million and he manipulates this lady through the store with posts uh subliminal sub, uh, hints and different bits and pieces and mimicking and stuff and she ends up buying exactly the toy that he intended her to buy so we we think we have a free will and we think we have a free choice but here's can i tell you the truth now or you just want me to preach You want the truth. Sorry. The truth is our free will is not as free as you think it is. Okay? Today, I chose to dress smart cads. I like this shirt because it's got buttons that just pop open. And I find that the older I get, the more I don't like doing up my buttons and stuff. These are my skinny jeans that's got this hole in it stuff. I chose to dress this way. You know why? It was in my wardrobe. And my dear wife had washed them and put the iron over them. So I was able to choose to wear what I had today because I had it already. It was in storage. Next slide. Thank you. Okay. So here's Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Put your hand on your head like this and say, God help me. (laughs) This is actually what's going to be my problem. Sorting this out for 2,000 years is what God's been doing. Renewing your thinking, renewing your mind, because without good thinking, you're not going to make good choices. So you've got to change your thinking. Change your thinking and you'll change your life. The Bible said it 2,000 years ago. Who wants transformation? Renew your mind. The Greek word here is the word metamorphosis, where the worm turns into a butterfly. Look at your neighbor and just tell them they're a butterfly. You just don't look like it. (laughs) How do you go from worm to butterfly? By the renewing of your mind. That's the metamorphosis. Yet, the truth is the worm is the butterfly. The butterfly was always in the worm. The beauty, the majesty, the glory of the butterfly was always inherently in the worm. But you've got to change your thinking. If you don't change your thinking, you cannot then make wise decisions. Next slide. Thank you. Okay, here's this lady, and she's looking at her clothes And this is the way that it works, guys. You actually can choose what you want to wear today. But if you want to change your wardrobe, it takes you time. And it takes you some money. It takes you a bit of preparation. Let's say pastor might want to become a goth. Okay? 
I want, I've made a decision that part of my ministry is I want to minister to that death culture, the goths. I want to go goth. So this morning I got out of bed, went to my wardrobe, opened up the wardrobe, and I've got nothing gothic to wear. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Let's say I want to dress... Help me here. Viking. Be a Viking. Oh, I think I'd rather be a pirate. <laughs> aye, 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 aye. Let's say I want to be a pirate. Well, if I want to dress as a pirate and come to church, what do I have to do? <laughs> what I have to do is I've got to buy some pirate gear, don't I? And I've got to put it in the wardrobe. And then when it's in the wardrobe, then I have the ability to choose to wear it. You hear what I'm saying? Just change the metaphor a little bit. Can you, I may want to make a black forest cake. I actually make the best black forest cake you'll ever taste in your life. It uses three blocks of chocolate just in the cake sponges, you know. It, you go for the really big cherries like that, double whipped cream. It's about that high. You can't even eat the sucker. It's so big to eat. But you know what? If I go home today, I can make it, but I can't make it. You know why? Because the ingredients aren't in the cupboard right now. I've got to go and buy the stuff. It's the same with wisdom. It's the same with you of the mind. It costs you something to buy that pirate outfit. You've got to go find it. Yeah? Might not be easy to find pirate costumes in Perth. Uh, I've got to buy it. It's going to cost me something. I need to wash it. I need to put it. And then it's only one garment, maybe amongst 300 others. Oh, no, that'd be more my wife's closet. <laughs> Here's the truth. We've lived in our house for 25 years. 25 years and the rollers on our cupboard doors i have never had to replace the rollers on my side of the cupboard (laughs) but on the other side of the cupboard i'm having to replace those rollers it'll be the third time those rollers there you go go vroom 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 now let's say Last Monday, I walk into my sister's caravan to find her dead on the floor. It's not nice. She's been there probably for over 24 hours. It's very unpleasant. I tell you what, you better make certain you've got the right clothes to wear because in that moment, if you go to your wardrobe and you haven't put aside the safety gear, you haven't put aside the fire gear, you haven't prepared the right clothes, then you don't get the choice in the moment of how you respond to that. You hear what I'm saying? Really important. Really important. In the old days, if you wanted to actually make certain you really knew something, you would say you learnt it by, you'd learnt it by, you learnt it by, you learnt it by, I still can't hear you, heart. You learnt it by heart. And until you get the Word of God engrafted deep into your heart, you will not be able to make wise decisions because in the moment, you'll simply go to your wardrobe and wear what's already there. In the minute, you can't go shopping. In the moment, you can't change your wardrobe. In that moment, you can only access the programs you've already 
downloaded and installed on your computer. You understand? Very powerful if you can get that. Because this is the thing. I could almost tell you how well you'll do if you could tell me how many scriptures you've memorized. Now, I don't care whether you know the reference. But, you know, uh, I, I reckon the average Western Christian today hasn't memorized more than about 10 verses. Well, they're, they're close. That's actually what you have to use when you get to make a decision. It's too late then to say, what does the Bible think about it? It's got to be engrafted in the heart. So turn with me to, one, uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. I just want to uh, bring your attention to Ephesians 4, 21. We'll take it up from. Ephesians 4. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, 21. I'm sorry, my Bible program wants me to donate something to it. <laughs> 421. If so, be that you've heard from him, that's Jesus, and been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you ought to put off concerning your former conversation, this is old King James, sorry, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. So you're being asked to put off the formal thinking. This is a clothing metaphor. You understand? It's taking off the old way of thinking like you would take off your old clothes. You know, those smelly rags, you put them off. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may now put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. Put off the old clothes, put on the new clothes. Put off the old clothes, put on the new clothes. But you can't do that in the minute. You've already got to have had to make the investment to, to have sourced them to have resourced them, to get it into your closet, to get it into your heart, and then the Spirit of God can take it out in that moment that you need it, and it flows out as your living truth. Then you make good decisions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, dear. Let's go to the next slide. Thank you. The word decision or decide is built upon the Latin word day, God, and side, death. Suicide is self-death. Patricide is the killing of your father. Matricide is the killing of your mother. Side means death, day, side. So at the core, at the root of the whole idea of decision is this whole idea that you're saying no to life and you're saying yes to death or you're saying no to death or yes to life. Every decision is actually taking you a little bit closer towards life a little bit closer towards death. You understand? Decisions matter. And here's the horrible reality. Everything you decide is actually a reference of what you prefer, what you value. If you make a decision to come to church today, God bless you, 
and uh, not mow the lawns, and you value coming to church over mowing the lawns. If you make the decision to stay home and mow the lawns and not come to church, you value mowing the lawns over every decision we make. Every decision we make shows us what we value. It tracks you on where you're heading. So life is a journey away from God while we're sinners, and every decision can take us further away from God and can take us further away from God. And some of us, you know, we meander. Some of us even backtrack a little bit. But, but every decision will take you a little bit further towards a lost eternity, towards death, towards disappointment, disaster, the damage. And every decision, when we, certainly when we become born again, we turn our life around, we make that decision then we start to move towards God. And again, we can meander and we can go around. But God wants us to continue to move towards deciding, choosing, deciding, choosing, deciding, choosing life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So choose this day whether you will have life, or whether you'll have death. And it comes down to those thousand decisions you know we uh did try to talk to our sister and monique's been brilliant and she certainly knows she died at a place where she's loved and cared for but you know every time she took another glass of alcohol it was another decision towards death wasn't it wasn't the first one wasn't the second one wasn't the third one but every one was a decision that took her a little bit further away from god but we're also greatly pleased that as we're going through effects, that in her purse, in her handbag, she'd picked up this. I don't know one of the chaplains that might have given it to her, but it's the sinner's prayer. It says, Lord Jesus, listen, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior Amen. One hopes that at the last moment she made a decision and she chose life. And on the back of the card, it's the Passion Bible. It's just Psalm 23. I'll have the team up, thanks. Um, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always love, I always have more than enough he offers a resting place to me in his furious love he tracks he takes me to the oasis of peace he quietly that quiet brook of bliss that is where he restores and receives revives my life he opens before me the pathway to god's pleasure and leads me along the footsteps of righteousness so i can bring honor to his name Lord, even when 
Your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness. Fear will never conquer me for you I already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes me away from fear. I will never be lonely for you are ever near. You are my delicious feast when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future for goodness and love? Pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, my life is through. when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Let's uh, just stand. We're going to just sing um, um, your presence. It's here. Thank you. It's on the bracket. energy into pursuing God, making right choices, or whether we're just taking our foot off the accelerator and we're coasting, or for some of us, we know we haven't got our foot on the brake and we are not making good choices and we're drifting backwards. And I just want you to know that God wants you to choose momentum for your life. He wants you to pursue hard after God, not because he's playing hide and seek, because he wants you to discover life and good choices matter. Choose Jesus. Choose his kingdom. Seek ye first God's kingdom and his right way of doing things then everything else gets added to you but you've got to put him first. So Lord, may you speak to each one of us individually about that issue of momentum that we put some energy, Lord, into going hard after you. Let us be God chasers in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, can you come out and have a chat with me or one of my leaders? If you need prayer.